Good morning, good day, or good evening. My name is Eli Rowe, and this is the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the last episode of March, and the last day of March as well. We're taking a week off today from birth charts, and we're going to talk about good old dream magic. Dreams are one of the more interesting aspects of the human experience. And you know what? The truth is science doesn't know why we do it. You know, why do our brains slip into an altered state of consciousness while we are at rest? What is the evolutionary benefit of having these wild hallucinations every night? We've got theories and a lot of them are very good. And of course, you know, sleep scientists have been doing very hard work. But the fact of the matter is we don't really know why we dream. Science can't definitively tell us why we dream or even what dreams actually are, but we don't need science to explain that dreams, that the dream state is very powerful. All of us have had at least one dream that we've never forgotten for whatever reason. You know, maybe we saw something in a dream that later came to pass in reality. Maybe we spoke to a departed loved one and the experience was so real that we just feel like it couldn't have all been in our heads or maybe we traveled to some unknown time or place in a dream and when we woke up we just felt different as though we had truly been there and um, you know what then there are lucid dreams too in which we realize in the moment that we are dreaming and that we can control things that happen in the dream you know we can control the environment or the actions of the other characters inside that dream space and All of these reasons are exactly why we might want to do dream work. Maybe we want to see into the future or spend time in a specific place or maybe visit a past life or speak to someone who has died or to a spirit guide. Whatever dreams are, whatever the physiological mechanism is, dreams are powerful. They are important. They give us a glimpse into alternate dimensions. And the best part is that this is a muscle we can learn to flex. As I've been preparing over the past week or so for this episode, I've dug out some of my old dream journals and I've been rereading through them and getting back into that mindset because it's, to be honest, it's been a while, almost a year. Well, I don't know, maybe nine months since I've done intentional dream work. I do keep a journal on the nightstand all the time just for any time that I remember my dreams. You know, I try to jot down those images because sometimes they do matter. Um, But I haven't done dream work with a capital W in a good while. So I had the idea to set up some simple dream intentions over the last week and basically just open myself to whatever messages I need to receive through my dreams from spirit, from the universe, from my guides. And these dreams just started pouring in and they've been really vivid and they've been filled with imagery and symbolism that I'm, you know, I'm writing it all down and I'm still working through it. But all of this is very complex and meaningful. And honestly, dream work is just that easy. I was very surprised as it has been so long since I've done dream work that just setting that intention for myself was almost all that it took to really open the floodgates again. 
Um, and just a heads up, I haven't included a lot of information about astral travel in this episode because, um, I mean, although there is a lot of crossover, it just isn't the same as dream magic. It is related, certainly, you know, when we dream or when we astral project, we are slipping between states of consciousness. We're sort of leaving our bodies behind while our minds take the wheel. But astral travel ideally doesn't take place when we're sleeping. Sometimes it can, but um, generally it's something that we do while while we're awake, just in an, an altered state of consciousness. And it just requires different preparation and different exercises. And we will talk about it at some point, just not today. Um, but dream work is something that we can all do with very little preparation and foresight because we all dream every night. We're already very familiar with how to do it. We've been practicing eight hours a night for our whole lives. So we can do this and it's really easy. It just takes a little time. You're probably not going to believe me if you've never done intentional dream work when I say that this is probably the easiest spell work you will ever do. Dream work is literally as easy as setting an intention and supporting it with whatever form or manner of spell that you choose and then going to bed. So let's talk about the different forms of preparation and spell work that we can do to assist our magic. Now, first things first, we need to protect ourselves, especially if the goal of our dream work is to speak to spirits or entities or to receive visions. Um, It's just a good idea to put some protective measures into place before we put ourselves in the vulnerable position of being unconscious while, you know, disembodied visitors enter our personal spaces. So maybe cast a circle and be very clear about who is invited to enter your dreams. And you might want to include your spirit guides in that list as protective guardians, if nothing else. This will help you to keep out unwanted energies and entities, to be sure. But it will also help you feel more relaxed and open. Because you're just not going to feel as unsafe or fearful of what may try to come through and communicate with you. You might choose to cast your circle with salt. You can use powdered eggshells. You can use herbs. Um, You can sprinkle holy water or Florida water around. You can use rose petals. You can just use your own energy to delineate that space. Just lay your wards. And we talked about this kind of warding in the protection magic episode. So I don't want to belabor the point too much. Just please lay some kind of protective barrier. And then beyond that, it really just is a matter of spinning a spell to support your work, stating your intention with conviction, and then going to bed. But this is witchcraft, and we like to do the most, so now we're going to spend some time talking about correspondences. In order to get the best results possible, we can use what we know as witches to match our dream intentions with the different herbs, um, stones, crystals, different deities that are going to reinforce our desired outcome and enhance our experience. So let's get started. Now, if you participate in deity work of any kind, there are certainly more than a few that you may call upon for assistance with your dream work goals. You can set a place for them on your altar and meditate with them. You can give offerings specific to them. Um, If there is a deity that you already work with regularly and you feel that you have the kind of relationship where you can simply invite them to participate or to assist you in this work, then please, by all means, do so. But if you don't, I'm going to go through a few here really quick that you might want to call upon. We'll talk about Morpheus first. Morpheus is the Greek god of sleep and dreams, 
And um, just, you know, as a fun fact, his name is where we derive the word morphine. Morpheus would literally form people's dreams and he could appear in them in any form that he wanted, but he frequently appeared as a winged human. And this particular talent made Morpheus a messenger of the gods. He was able to communicate divine messages to sleeping mortals. So if this is the kind of information that you hope to receive, then you might want to pay tribute to him with poppies or adorn your altar with feathers in his honor. Uh, Next is Angus. He's a Celtic god, and his legend is that he saw a beautiful woman in his dreams, which he then sought out and found and then married in the real world. And we may approach him for assistance in dream work having to do with love magic, you know, maybe finding someone special or strengthening an existing love relationship. And also, if we hope to communicate with a fae during dreams, he's a good ally for that kind of work. Altar additions to him might include roses, uh, cinnamon, rose quartz, and copper. Um, Faunus is a Roman god. His Greek counterpart is Pan. He has the ability to predict the future based on visions that he receives in dreams. So clearly then we might appeal to Faunus or Pan, if you prefer, in matters of prophetic dreams. And Faunus is a forest god. So If you've got a forest nearby, maybe meditate there to make contact and get to know him. Fortuna is a Roman goddess of fate and luck, and we've talked about her before. She's one of my faves, and she's also very powerful in matters of divination and clairvoyance dream work. So maybe light a purple candle and put out some acorns or oak leaves as offerings for her if you're looking to do work in those areas. Hecate is Greek. She is a moon goddess, a goddess of magic, a goddess of witches, a triple goddess, a crossroads goddess. She's just the real OG. You can approach her in matters of prophecy and visions. And appropriate offerings for Hecate would be maybe quartz, moonstone, sapphire, dandelions, lavender, belladonna, if you can get your hands on some, and anise. Um, Hermes is a Greek god. Among his powers are issues pertaining to the afterlife, divination, and omens. So obviously any dream work wherein you would like to communicate with spirits or have some visions of the future or to receive warnings or prophecies, Hermes is a good ally. Plant correspondences and offerings to him could include ivy, palm, lotus, or willow, and also peacock feathers. Isis is an Egyptian goddess. She's the protector of the dead, so you're likely to find her to be helpful if you're trying to communicate with spirits or a loved one on the other side. Appropriate offerings for Isis are heather, irises, roses, uh, carnelian, coral, or pearls. And this is not an exhaustive list. There are certainly other deities that you might like to initiate contact with. Um, Kali comes to mind. She's an Indian goddess. Nephthys, Rhiannon, Selene. And just do a bit of research either online or in books or just meditate with the intent of making contact and introducing yourself and then establishing a relationship. Now, depending on the type of dream work that you plan to do and the specific goal you have for your particular dream work, you can support those intentions in all kinds of ways. But no matter what you decide, if you 
want to do any kind of dream work, it's a good idea perhaps to start with water magic. Water is associated with emotion, relationships, and intuition, and psychic ability, and of course, dreams. So some strong water magic for the purposes of aiding us in this work will not go amiss. And we can always use like moon water for just about anything that we want. We just really need to essentially tell the water what we're going to use it for. And because the new moon is associated with divination, illumination, and psychic ability, it's an excellent moon phase for charging moon water with dream work intentions. And wouldn't you know it, tonight is the new moon in Aries. Tonight, if you're listening on March 31st. Um, If you're not really prepared to actually do dream work tonight, that is perfectly fine. You can still make your moon water just so that we're not wasting this moon phase. We can make the water tonight and then bring it inside in the morning and keep it in the fridge or in a dark cabinet until we're prepared to work our magic. And this is honestly good advice for any moon phase. Even if you don't have a spell planned, go ahead and make your full moon water or your new moon water and just save it for when you do need it. And if you're not sure what your intentions might be when you do decide to use it, just hold off and charge it when you're ready to use it. It still holds the power of the moon phase from when it was collected. Now, you might want to include a specific crystal or stone with your moon water tonight to aid your intentions. Quartz is, of course, an amplifier, so it's a good choice to include no matter what your intention is, and it's water safe. Amethyst is lovely for prophetic dreams, and it's also water safe. Just always Google your stones before you place them in water so you don't ruin them if you're not sure about them. And if you can't put them in the water, you can put them on top of the jar. It'll still charge them. Um, Obsidian is good for divination. Moonstone is another great stone for divination, but it's not water safe, so that's going to be one that you're going to put on top of your jar rather than inside. Sapphire, carnelian, or red jasper are really great if you do want to do some astral projection, even though we're not talking about that today. Um, Ruby or tiger's eye are excellent for prophecy. Black tourmaline is a great stone for protection if you're concerned about safety while you're performing this kind of dream magic. Emerald and labradorite are really great stones for contacting spirits. And um, I'd actually recommend using them in combination with black tourmaline for this kind of work. Um, And even if you don't want to put it in the water, just keep some tourmaline by your bedside while you're asleep to give yourself that extra protection and make sure you're not exposing yourself to anything unwanted while you're in this vulnerable state. Um, Stones for psychic ability might be malachite, pyrite, um, smoky quartz, also silver. Um, And again, you might want to use a combination of stones depending on specifically exactly how you plan to use this water. But again, please do a Google search before you put any stones in your water. If they can't go inside the jar, again, just place them on top. And now that you've got all this moon water, what to do with it? Well, of course we can simply drink it, but we can also use this water in a ritual bath or a shower in preparation for our dream work to sort of get ready for the messages that we hope to get or the visions that we might receive. And something like a ritual bath is really effective for getting us into the right headspace. 
We might want to light some candles, put on some relaxing music if we like, um, run the bath and add the moon water. If you don't have a bath, you can use it in the shower just as effectively. Do those same preparations that you would for your bath with you know, your candles or your music or what have you. And then just use your moon water to wash yourself. Use this time to meditate, to calm your mind and focus your intent on the specific kind of dream work that you mean to do and just be. Just allow yourself the time that it takes to find your focus. Another way to add some zest to your ritual bath or if you do plan to drink your moon water is by steeping herbs that will aid us in the specific kind of work that we want to do. So in a pot on the stove or in your cauldron if you've got a nice big one, dump in some herbs and cover them with water or your moon water. Bring it to a simmer and let them roll for a few minutes, only just five or ten, and then turn off the heat and let everything steep for a good half hour or so, just till it comes to room temperature. And then once you strain out your plant matter, you can add this water to your bath or your shower, or you can use it to make a nice cup of tea to drink before bed. Just be very careful that you use herbs that are safe and that haven't been treated with herbicides or pesticides. Some useful herbs for dream work might include chamomile, which is a really great herb for sleep in general, and also meditation. It's just very calming and centering. Lavender has similar calming and peace-promoting qualities, um, but it's also associated with spirit work. So if you're hoping to meet with the departed or to at least receive messages from the other side while you're sleeping, this would be a really good herb to include. Mugwort. Mugwort is known for its ability to assist in prophetic dreams, um, psychic visions, um, and astral tra travel, incidentally. Um, and witches frequently drink mugwort tea before doing divination work, so you may experience some of those kinds of messages as well. It can also be used to make an oil or a salve, which can be used on the skin for the same purposes. And we'll talk about how to make dream oils um, in a minute. But mugwort is a hugely popular herb in witches' flying ointments. And that's just a balm that witches use historically to induce visions. Mugwort is very powerful and it's very effective for this kind of work. Passionflower is an herb that is commonly used for treating insomnia, so it does have some gentle sedative qualities naturally. But in terms of its magical properties, um, it's great for psychic enhancement. Um, and I've mentioned before that the tea aisle of your local grocery store is a really great place to find some of the more uncommon herbs at a good price. And you can feel comfortable that they're safe to use internally. And passionflower is one of these herbs. A good passionflower tea does not cost a lot of money and it's easy to find. Um, and just, you know, as a reminder, there's a lot of chamomile in the tea aisle too. Although it does grow so easily that I recommend just getting a packet of seeds and letting it go nuts in your garden. If you grow chamomile, you will never run out of it. Rosemary is an excellent herb to add to any dream work concoction because it's first of all very safe and gentle as long as you're not allergic to it, but it assists in remembering dreams. So no matter what your exact intention is for your dream work, you might want to add rosemary to the mix to help you with recall. But even beyond that, rosemary is supremely protective. So. Adding some to your evening tea or to your bath or just sleeping with a sprig of fresh rosemary on your nightstand is a good idea. Yarrow is excellent for protection as well. Um, and especially when it's made into tea, it's another good herb for expanding psychic powers. 
um, valerian root. This is a known mild sedative, so it can help if you feel like it's difficult to relax into a dream state. And that's not uncommon. When we're trying to do this sort of deep, meaningful dream work, sometimes we can kind of find it hard to fall asleep and then to stay asleep. And valerian root can be helpful in that way. It's also used for lucid dreaming, so it's really great for that purpose, but remember to take that into consideration if you're thinking about using it just for relaxation because you may get more than you were looking for. Peppermint. Peppermint is really great for causing dreams to be very vivid, and so especially when we use it in combination with rosemary, it compounds the effect of helping us to remember our dreams more completely. It's also great for spirit communication, and it can sometimes assist in prophetic dreams. And the other cool thing about peppermint is that it helps to make all of these other herbs taste a little bit better. So that's definitely something to think about, because some of these herbs are nasty as hell. And I am looking at you, valerian root. Valerian, god, it smells like feet, but it's so magical. (laughs) But if you don't want to drink your herbs for whatever reason, you know, maybe... I don't know, you're concerned about allergies or potential interference with prescription medications. You can consider burning the dried herbs as incense before bed. Um, Just open your windows. Or you can use um, infused herbal oils to help with your dream work intentions. And dream oils are made in exactly the same way as other oil infusions. And we've talked about that process before too, Um, in the herb and plant magic episode, but I'm going to go through it really quickly here again. Now you can certainly just buy essential oils if you like. Just make sure that they're safe to consume if you plan to do that, or that they're safe for your skin if you plan to do that. Because oftentimes essential oils that are found in stores are really only meant to be used in diffusers or for aromatherapy which is a perfectly valid way to use them. Just please be safe and make sure that you're using your oils correctly if you do buy them. I don't want anyone to burn their skin or have an adverse reaction if you ingest oils that aren't meant to be ingested. And the other problem with essential oils is that they're really expensive. It just takes so much plant matter to make a small amount of essential oil that you don't really get much for your money. But we can make infused oils ourselves at home for very little money. So to make infused oils for anointing your skin or to dress your candles, um, or even if you plan to use the oils internally and then add them to your food, you can get yourself an inexpensive olive oil or coconut oil to use as a carrier. Now, if you are only going to use your oils externally on your skin or to dress candles, you can use vitamin E oil, although that does tend to be a little bit more spendy. And you'll only need to add about a quarter cup or so of the oil into a small pot, um, or alternatively, you can also use one of those really small crock pots if you've got one, because they work really well too. And then to the oil, you're going to add a few teaspoons of dried herbs and then bring your pot to a very low simmer and let the herbs warm through for about 10 minutes or so. Don't fry your herbs, we're just trying to extract all that herbal goodness. And then turn off the heat and let the whole mixture steep until it cools to room temperature. Um, If you're using a crock pot, just put it on low and let it stay like that for a few hours and then turn it off and let it cool to room temperature. Strain out your plant material and put your infused oils into a small bottle or a little jar and label it. And then keep it in a dark, cool cupboard and use it when you need it. 
If you do want to make your oils into a balm or a salve, just add a teaspoon or two of beeswax beads to the oil mixture after you've strained out the herbs. Pour your balm into little tins or little jars and then just use it on your skin however you like. But don't eat the balms. <laughs> just use them on your skin. And you don't need to buy a lot of beeswax for this purpose. You can get beeswax pellets at any craft store and a little bit goes a really long way. And again, you can experiment and mix and match your herbs and um, the manner in which you use them. You can combine them to make special personalized DreamWork blends. It's all very, very witchy. Just be sure to write down what you use and how you use it so that you can either recreate it if it works really well or you can adjust it if you feel like it needs tweaking. And that really brings us to the most important part of all of this work is to write it down, everything. Write it all down. Keep a dream journal specifically for this work and make a note of everything that you do to prepare for your dream work. Write down the date, the day of the week, the moon phase, the current sun sign. Write down any deity work that you do in preparation and the results of it. Um, write down any information related to whatever ritual preparations you may have done, such as a ritual bath and whatever herbs or oils, candles, incense, anything that you used. Write down any guides that you may have called upon. Write down exactly what kind of dream spell you're performing and your expectations and intentions. And then keep this journal right on your nightstand so that the moment you wake up, you can immediately write down any images or impressions that came to you. And I mean everything, any places that you were, phrases you heard, symbols you saw, people, animals, colors, sounds, sensations. Um, what season was it in the dream? Was it day or night? Write down every single thing that you can recall the moment that you wake up because it's going to slip away so quickly. Once you've got all this stuff on paper, you can kind of begin to expand on the things that you've written down and maybe try to make a little more narrative sense out of it. But if you try to make sense of it in your mind first, before you write everything down, you're gonna forget so many details. It's just the nature of dreams. And you know, this does not have to be a fancy notebook. This shouldn't cost any money. This can be as basic and inexpensive as you like. Just have something there and don't forget to keep a pen there too. Because this kind of work, once you've started, it sort of perpetuates itself. And you're rather quickly, in my experience at least, going to get to the point where unless you're doing some kind of major, major dream work spells that really require all of the preparation that we just spoke of, you'll be able to slip into the proper mind space to just almost casually be able to direct your dreams exactly where you want them to go. You know, at night before you go to sleep, just as you're settling into bed, it's going to get to the point where you can simply write yourself a simple prompt. You can just state a sleep intention like, I will visit a moment from my past life while I sleep tonight and I will remember it in the morning. Whatever your dream work or intention is, you can just do it with a, without a lot of pomp and circumstance. And if it happens that you have done any small amount of spell work, if you've used an herbal tea or lit a candle, your journal is right there on your nightstand. So you're going to quickly be able to write all of that down to date it and then go to sleep. And then when you wake up, you write everything you can remember underneath your prompt and boom, you've got some really great, well annotated documentation. 
Do this every time you do intentional dream work to any extent, and very soon you'll begin to have really great results. You're going to find that you remember more and more of your dreams. You're going to find a lot more meaning in the messages. You'll be more attuned to the messages that you do receive. And as an added bonus, you're going to find that the more often you do this, the more you'll begin to have these really meaningful dreams, even without trying to. That's why that notebook needs to stay on the nightstand all the time, not just on the nights that you do intentional dream work. Because once we crack the door open, we never know when a departed loved one or a spirit guide or an ancestor or the moon phase or you know, a prophetic dream is going to decide to come through and deliver a message. So we just got to be prepared. And that's really, truly all there is to it. And I hope that you give it a try and let me know what happens. Email me at Eli at middleagedwitch.com or message me on Instagram or Facebook at at middleagedwitch. And I will be back next Thursday to talk about rising signs or ascendants. But in the meantime, make some moon water, enjoy the moon phase tonight, and dream big. My name is Eli Rowe, and this has been the Middle-Aged Witch Podcast.